0: Hello, and welcome to Cyberdeck Users Weekly, a, a weekly show that I do all the time. And and uh, today, I have a very special guest, again, my first repeat guest, Matt O'Dell. Matt, welcome. What's up, my dude? So, thank you for, for coming back here, and we were talking uh, offline about... Uh, discussing more technology because we both really like technology and we, we, we were a little bit more esoteric and um, Bitcoin-y in the first uh, talk that we did together. But I wanted to just talk about some of this um, tech news that's happening in the world that is extremely fascinating, sometimes kind of frustrating, uh, and yeah, just wanted to, to run through it with you.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I know we had a very good conversation offline. It's always a pleasure to see you. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can bring the listeners uh, something close to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see. we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not. I don't have a drink here, so you know, I can't be quite as, quite as, quite as loose. Uh, I, the big, the big story that is. I don't know why it weighs heavy on my mind, but I, I think that is a, appropriate to say the <laughs> Apple Silicon. Yep. Weighs heavy on my mind. Um, for anybody who who didn't notice, Apple has new Macs out that are running these M1 chips that are basically slightly p- more powerful iPhone chips, iPad chips. They're
1: fucking revolutionary.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's absurd. Like you you could you could have. Some people were doing these benchmarks with like, they'd like race their phone, like exporting a 4k file from like iMovie on the phone and iMovie on the Mac. Like, whoa, look, the, the phone, the phone won. um, some people were doing like, you know, trying to do more straightforward CPU tests and finding like these wild, weird results with these phones. But these Apple Silicon chips came out and they are literally competitive in certain cases, and, and in a surprisingly many cases, with some of the best desktop chips uh, that are out there, and these are these are, these chips are running at like five to ten watts of power, like ultra mobile, no power, power draw. whatsoever. Yeah, that MacBook Air doesn't even have a fan. Um, the Mac <laughs> Mini hardly ever runs its fan, and um, they're get, they're like uh, a number I saw. It's like a, a lot of times it's like five x the per watt performance compared to desktop chips.
1: So they released it on three of their laptops, right? They released it on the the Air, the MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, correct? Yeah. And the only difference between the different SKUs, the different models, is that the Air does not have a, a fan, Mm-hmm. Um and the Mac Mini and the Pro have a fan, right? Like does the Pro doesn't have anything. The base level Pro isn't specced up anything more than that, right?
0: Yeah, as far as I know, I think the base Mac uh the base MacBook Air has 7 core GPU instead of 8 and the theory there is <laughs> okay. that it's just like chip binning where you like you have some yields that like aren't perfect, so you just stick those in the MacBook Air. So the chip uh, is
1: slightly better on the Pro and the Mini. Yeah. But and not the much. Mini
0: can obviously draw a bit more, like put a little more power into it. Um, the, but not doesn't seem like overclocked really compared to the other ones either.
1: The crazy thing here is, you know, people have been talking about ARM computers forever, and mm-hmm. and Apple's not the first ones to try it, right? I mean, they kind of tried it with their original MacBook, which is like a piece of shit. Uh, the one that was lower than the MacBook Air. I think that was ARM, uh, right?
0: No, that wasn't ARM. That was just slow.
1: <laughs> it was just shitty. Okay, and then but that was just Windows Intel tried failing. it. And Microsoft tried it, and it was horrible, right? right? What was the? I forget. They had the special Windows version. Windows RT. But the crazy thing, so the problem with ARM has always been that the existing apps uh, aren't compiled for it, so it can't work uh, on 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 the new chips. But somehow they're emulating they're emulating these existing apps and they're running faster than, than they would be otherwise.
0: Well, yeah. So some people have done some, like apparently there's a, I don't have one of these computers. Um, and we'll get into that, but apparently you can, there's a checkbox. So like Safari can run in Rosetta mode in like the Intel mode, the emulation mode. Yeah. The emulation, or they call it like a translation. Um, that so you can do a one to one comparison on the same machine of what the performance hit is. So natively on ARM, so far it, it it's like um, it's like a it's natively wait let's see. The Intel emulation is like fifty to seventy five percent of the full speed. So the native version runs faster than the Intel version. Um, it's just that the M one chip is so good <laughs> that when it's emu- doing this emulation it's beating nearly like almost e- every it, Intel laptop chip that exists
1: it destroys last year's model in in emulation mode yes it's like absolutely <laughs> destroys last year's model with better battery life like what the battery life on the MacBook Air is like a legit 30 hours
0: it's 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 just so wonderful uh, and i i um <laughs> So I, I've been actually kind of very curious, like my mind always goes to like why, like how, like, you know, there, there's a few basic ways to explain it. And one of the, the most obvious ones is that in Apple, um, it's it's really interesting. Intel is vertically integrated. They have their own fab, right? They right. produce their own chips. Uh, Apple, while they're very vertically integrated, they don't have their own fab, so they can rent, you know, um, fabrication from whoever is best at it right now. And, and whoever's best at it right now is at five millimeters. And so they have like a, um, a smaller process. So there's, there's that efficiency and AMD has that similar, uh, leg up over Intel, where you just have better fabrication. So you're s- smaller nanometers and you're, you're, um, so you're just getting just the, the, the generic basic um, advantage that we used to get all the time. We, you know, we, when I started I'm trying to figure out what, when, when I started covering technology stuff, like I remember like, um, I feel like we were in the hundreds of nanometers. Um, I remember like 65 nanometer was like a big jump and, you know, every couple of years you kind of jump down to this new process that would be much more efficient. Just because of the the physics, um, so that's that's one reason, but it really doesn't explain the whole thing, and it doesn't explain why an M one is competitive with like a high end, a relatively high end AMD desktop chip. So I found this article. Wait, it's on more than competitive,
1: news. right? Doesn't it like just blow them all away?
0: Well, it blow it. It's single core. I think it's. I don't know about blow them all away like with a high end desktop chip you're still you, you're going to beat it um single core i think it's even more competitive i think it wins sometimes with single core which is really interesting um this guy Eric Ingheim has this thing why is apple's M1 chip so fast and he goes into some really interesting things and the the my big takeaway is and this is going to get really nerdy. I love it. Um, so
1: like we aren't already.
0: <laughs> yeah. So ARM is a, is a risk uh, architecture uh, where uh, it, ha- it has reduced instruction set. And I-, I didn't know this until just recently. Reduced instruction set isn't just about how many instructions you have but it's like the size of those instructions. So like if you think of like how many zeros and ones does it take to represent an instruction? And so modern computers frequently, when even if they have a ton of cores, it's hard for software developers to fully utilize those cores. So, so processors do this thing of out of order execution, where they, they look at the incoming work that they need to do. And, you know, you can imagine a problem that's like a times B times C times, they're like all dependent on each other, you know, so you have to do them sequentially, I guess, multiplication, you don't have to do exactly sequentially, but imagine something that requires you to solve the first problem before you can start working on the second problem. So that would be a sequential thing. But then There's some other work that's happening alongside that, that doesn't have that dependence. And so you can fill up this little buffer of, that's called the, I think it's called the Rob. Where was this? Yeah. The reorder buffer, Rob. You can fill up this buffer with with tasks that you can do out of order when you've got some free um, cycles on, on your, on your, on your chip. And because arm has smaller instructions than x86, you can get more of them in your Rob. You can decode them fast. Uh, you can do, there's, a, it seems like it's a lot easier to do this optimization on arm, but,
1: uh, that makes sense to me. That's what everyone has always been saying about arm. Let's get arm. Let's get arm. Let's get arm. The crazy thing that I can't figure out is that they made the emulation mode so fucking performant because like, so one of the Bitcoin developers was talking about, uh, Bitcoin sync time, um, which has this very CPU heavy verification that has to happen while you're syncing. Right. And his Mm -hmm. $3,000 MacBook pro from last year, um, takes eight hours and 33 minutes to sync. Um, But his brand new $700 Mac mini uh, in emulation mode only takes 5 hours and 11 minutes to sync. So, it's 30% (laughs) faster than his $3,000 fucking MacBook Pro fully specced out last year. Like, how does that happen? Like, how do they make that fucking work?
0: Okay, so here's my understanding on this. And this is why Apple's very... It sounds like just like a marketing thing when they say it's translation, not emulation. But apparently um, they're, they're doing something where there's like some sort of pass through. There's a lot of instructions on x86 that are very similar to, um, arm instructions. Like you imagine like an ad operation, like you take two numbers and you add them, you know, that that's a, a classic instruction for a CPU to have. And it's basically the same on x86 and arm. And so Apple just somehow passes those straight through and just executes them. So while if if they're doing something like more exotic, using like weirder features of x86 instructions, then um, that's where the hit would come because they have to make some sort of synthetic group of ARM instructions to to literally emulate that functionality. But for like basic things, and I think this is not just a software thing. This is like kind of some functionality that the M1 has that no other ARM chip has right now. So th- that's why I think it's such a – like they're they're destroying Microsoft's attempts at, at this sort of emulation. Wait, I
1: mean – destroying isn't isn't enough of a word i mean <laughs> microsoft's attempts were fucking horrible it was a complete fucking disaster like app developers weren't cross you know weren't creating native apps and and the emulation just fucking sucked it was just yeah. it was it was way less performant um Wait, i, I which is int- yeah
0: it's it's kind of like so with microsoft's situation it's like a chicken and the egg because if you can imagine like everybody had arm laptops you know, developers would start, like, building things for ARM, and then those ARM things would work great on these Microsoft ARM laptops. It's just that the ARM laptops were so bad that nobody got them, so the developers had no incentive to build for them. I can imagine this helping out Microsoft, and I'm hoping helping out everybody. I mean, I feel like now we're, it's clear that you can get... I, I still think Apple has an edge, Um On making like an absolutely incredible chip um, and system on a chip, but I think you could you can imagine somebody else being able to release something that's maybe seventy five percent as fast um, that that runs Windows or Linux or something like that within the next um, within like I mean we keep we keep
1: talking we keep talking shit about Microsoft right but like uh, ARM Linux has been a fucking hype that people have been talking about forever. Now, mm-hmm. right, and every attempt at doing it, um, I I know like a lot of people that like, got the Pinebook Pro, for instance, which is a nice, cheap, like netbook style ARM ARM Linux laptop, mm-hmm. um, and you just can't use any of the apps you want to use, right?
0: Well, I mean, but the, what what apps do you want to use? I think it like if if you're if you're, I mean, a lot of with a lot of Linux distros, like you can like compile everything from source. And if you can compile it from source, usually, like, that's, um, uh, that's not all the work of porting something, (laughs) but like, it's a, it's a big part of the work. I mean, for instance, like visual studio code, right. Is Microsoft's, um, like like lightweight IDE, or I don't know what you call it. It's an electron app. Um, and I, I use it. It's, it's just very full-featured, and it's not the fastest thing in the world, but uh, it's it's very useful. And um, But people were building ARM versions of it based on the open-source part before Microsoft released an ARM version that they were going to like support and distribute themselves. So like I, I feel like if you are on the cutting edge or you're willing to build software or you're willing to use a very limited subset of software, I mean, we're talking... On Discord right now, Discord doesn't run on a Raspberry Pi because it doesn't run on ARM. So, But it would yeah. run
1: flawlessly on a Mac M1. <laughs> That's true. Like better true. than it does on my fucking fully specced out fucking Linux laptop. Right.
0: And that translation layer is, I mean, I do think it is enabled by the M1, something that the M1 does, but obviously it's got also got like a little hamster
1: in there, just computing all the code. <laughs>
0: It's, yeah, but it's also you know also Rosetta like Microsoft or Apple made this this Rosetta thing to do the translation and that's obviously
1: not open and the, source. So, and then the so other, yeah. yeah, no. And then the other tangential thing here is like the whole vision of ARM as a desktop OS is that ARM is what runs all of our mobile uh, computes. So, the idea is, and this is what Windows wanted, and this is what Apple wanted, is that all of a sudden all of the iPhone apps and all the iPad apps are now native um if you run them on m1 i, I but I, it almost feels like that was supposed to be the main story, I feel like, but now it's it's almost a backstory. like who even gives a shit about that? Like the real story is that they've made this insanely performant chip um at very cheap it's very cheap for Apple. And it's got very good battery life, and it just blows the shit out of everything they've had in the past.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess my dream would be just that you could get something very efficient power power to work ratio. The the how how much work a watt of power does. Like that's true for ARM, whether or not you're running mobile apps on it. Um, and I, I don't, I've never really caught into this um, dream. I don't want a touch screen on my laptop. I don't want to use the mobile version of Instagram on my laptop. You know, I do think desktop apps are are a different thing. Yeah, that's not that's not my vision, but you're right. That is no, but definitely. It's the, dr- I think, it's the dream in the C
1: suites. You know, it's like yes. the executive dream.
0: <laughs> exactly. We could get we could get a cut of every Candy Crush.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to do that anyway. I mean, so we're about to get into the section where the the why makes us mad section. Um, but, but before we before we get there, um, we, so you're you're completely just just for the record, you're completely against touchscreens on on desktops and laptops.
0: Uh, if if it if it had zero effect on the visibility or the weight or the battery life, then I wouldn't be mad that it was there. Um, but usually, it makes it more expensive, heavier, worse. And I I really, uh, I'm not, I don't, I I don't desperately need it in any way.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I had my, my last laptop was, um, had a touchscreen. My current one does not. And it was not a priority for me to have one. Like it was something I never use. It it was actually, it was something that like would get in the way. Like I would accidentally touch it or something and it would move. But yeah, but that reminds me, um, like some of these reviews, we're saying like this. I think is probably the the craziest part to me is the battery life. I'm like some of these reviews they're talking about. They had to change their 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 methods for how they review the battery life because it dies so slowly that you can't do it in like one work day. Like yeah, you, you can't right. and kill the you, battery even if you wanted to.
0: You're trying to like turn around a review in like a few days, and you need to like
1: run down the battery multiple times, and it's it's actually difficult. <laughs> That's insane to me, right? Like that's a game changer in itself, just the battery life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the dream. I'm trying to remember there was one, I think they talked about this on the VergeCast. There was like there's one era of MacBook, because it's like it always feels like Apple's designing what they th- think will work with whatever Intel is promising them. You know, Apple's probably designing stuff like a couple years ahead. Um, and then they slot in the part once it's actually delivered, but that's kind of near the end of the process. So sometimes like they kind of overshoot the battery. Uh, this kind of feels like they had an Intel chassis with <laughs> Intel d- d- demanded battery levels. And so like, I can imagine them like really cutting the battery life in the next one. Yeah. So um, this
1: one actually is going to be the pinnacle of battery life. And then the next one's going to be so fucking paper thin. That is just like seven hour battery life, right? Because they just decided like instead of a manila envelope, they want this thing to like fucking fold into like a a little ass mailing envelope or something.
0: Exactly. Like like,
1: do something absolutely ridiculous just to bring us back down to our seven, seven hour status quo. (laughs) Keep us at our place. I mean, who even, who even goes
0: anywhere though? Like who, I mean, for me, a classic thing would be to go to a coffee shop and I'd work like a coffee shop for like two or three hours. Uh so that was kind of the max battery life I really needed and it was it was plenty but if I maybe ch- forgot to charge it the night before then I have to bring my you know plug that would be
1: annoying. Well I mean it would be the most 2020 thing ever if the one year we get a 30 hour battery life laptop there's no travel <laughs> and all the coffee shops are closed.
0: Yeah. No that's
1: that's pretty appropriate. But meanwhile um, here we are like 25 minutes into this podcast. We sound like we fucking are in love with this laptop. That we're we've already pre-ordered it. That we're definitely going to get them. We're going to get a Mac Mini. We're going to get a Mac Air. We're going to have the whole fucking kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. And I can't bring myself to buy it.
0: Yeah, it's um, it was really funny that this they announced these right when that thing happened where Apple was <laughs> like. Uh, Apple's servers went down and so people couldn't (laughs) open their apps because apparently when you open an app that has to um, like, you know, phone up Apple's certificate authority to make sure that it's a legit copy and, and that they didn't have like a good fallback. And so Apple, you know, says they'll like work towards making that sort of encrypted or whatever, but it was so it was so fitting and especially because an arm um, computer, and this is actually something about arm just in general. This is something that uh, uh, Jeremy solar, the guy from um, system system 76. 76, Yeah. Who, who works on the Redox OS was, was telling me about like arm is like uh, an instruction set, but it doesn't really specify the whole machine. Um, And so, all the extra stuff on an ARM system on a chip is is usually pretty weird, and so it's hard to just support it with an out of the box operating system. Uh, where that is 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 uh, that situation is a lot better. You have like standards like the BIOS in um, x86 and what is that that thing that boot thing U U UFC or something like that whatever, whatever the thing I'm always trying to configure so I can multi boot. Um, so, so yeah, this, this, these computers, you can't, you don't own them. Apple's got this secure element. They could at any time make it impossible to hack. Is that, is that the T2?
1: The T2 chip, right?
0: Yeah. I give, I, I forget which, okay. Yeah. Google's Titan. yeah, you're right. Um, Apple's, Are they up to T
1: three now? Does the M one have the T three chip? I don't know. <laughs> last year's model had the T two chip, which which was their secure element that coincidentally also prevented you from installing Linux on it.
0: Oh, oh, wait! You
1: couldn't install Linux on the last one. I'm pretty sure you can't.
0: Oh, I thought a lot of people were still were still multi booting to that. I thought
1: the T two bricked that ability. Well, the, the,
0: the funny thing about the T2, and this is why, even if I was like a Mac user, I'd be like a little reticent about this stuff is like the, the T2 bricks people who are trying to run Mac OS. <laughs> like, um, the, I, I was reading something where, oh no, it, you know, that guy on YouTube who does like repairs, like tech repairs, and he's always mad at Apple about something. Um, he, he was talking about how Apple would, these updates will somehow brick the thing that allows the computer to charge. Um, And so the, the computer becomes dead because there's a chip that controls power flow into the battery, and that is not allowing power. And so it just bricks these MacBooks. And this is an Apple software update, like breaking... So, so the idea that like, this is such a locked down system and it's such a weird system, especially the M1 stuff that running, running my own software, like a, a, a good example is that right now homebrew, um, which is how you like install command line apps on the Mac doesn't work with, with Apple Silicon. And so you can, apparently you can, I think you can run it in the, um, Rosetta mode, but like command line apps are like half of what i do and so uh, apple apple should have you know bought everybody at, that works on homebrew like like lifetime vacations and then like taken over the project and like make it a native feature of of the operating system but instead you have to like wait for for friendly hackers to cobble together functionality that should be like basic to a, uh, an operating system, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I did a quick search just now, and it seems that out of the box, the T2 chip does block Linux, but you, there's ways around it.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, and, and it's so. It, I just, I, I just find that offensive. Like, I'm gonna buy this thing from you, and you're gonna like. I, 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 I always have sympathy for Apple's arguments when it's saying like, we remove features. To make things simpler, and we want it to be streamlined. But when Apple goes out of its way to stop interesting usage of their products, I just don't feel like they're on my side. They don't really want me to do whatever I want to do with their things. They want me to do iMovie and Final Cut and Logic and Safari.
1: Well, I mean, what it feels like to me, and you know, full disclosure, I'm not an Apple user, um, but I, I help a lot of people that are Apple users specifically with running Bitcoin shit. Um, mm. Is it is it really does feel like they got a taste of that thirty percent cut on the App Store, mm. and they're slowly trying to make that the reality on desktop. And but they want to do that without a user revolt. So so like every. Every new version of OS X, every new laptop they release, they're just slowly getting to that reality. Like right now, like if you try and run a, like a non-approved Apple app, a non-approved app on, on OS X, like you got to click through like four different dialogue screens to, mm-hmm. to actually get it running. And it looks like it's like a virus, right? And I yeah. think that's just going to get worse and worse until ultimately the only way you're able to run a program on your desktop OS X is if you run it through the Mac app store.
0: Yeah. And that's one of those things where, I mean, this would be more work for them, but you know, I'm very used to, I think what is option click or control click, like um, a friend of mine will send me a build of a game that he made in unity. And so like, this is obviously a virus and, uh, but you know, I I can, I can manage the dialogues and I can get it open. But there's a lot of software that people are still distributing outside the Mac App Store. And and Apple is not helping you do that securely. Like on Pop! OS, which I use, and like almost every Linux distro has some version of this. There's software distribution that, you know, this has signing. There's hashes and there's, there's some cryptographic chain of custody to make sure that this isn't a virus and it's vetted by people and it's somewhat centralized. There are other ways to install apps um, as well, but that your primary method of getting apps is secure. And, And so yes, Apple clearly seems to want to get everybody into the Mac app store, but they make it so awful for developers that developers don't want to do this. So now people are like downloading apps on their Mac all the time. And then they have to say yes. I, I don't care about viruses, and I want to install this anyways.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously about control, right? Because you can do if it was just about safety, like like you said, you could do like Pop does, um, where you you basically you have, you know, the safe app store style download capability where everything is you know signed by by their keys. Um, or you can just go outside of the box without, like, major user friction. And anything short of that really just comes down to it's basically blackmail on developers, right? Like, you can't be a successful OSX developer nowadays unless you, you pony up the money to, to Apple and you KYC yourself with them and you, you know, and you give them a cut of all your revenue. Yeah. They do take a cut on, on desktop, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the same. I know they as charge like I know.
1: they charge at least there's at least like a hundred dollar a year like dev sign up fee, but I think yeah. they also take like do they take a 30% like they do on mobile or no?
0: Yeah, as far as I know. Well, now it's for small businesses, which I'm guessing a lot of like Mac if, if you're just making a Mac apps, you're probably a small business. We
1: well, you know under um, a million rev that thing, the 15% yeah. On um, mobile. so
0: that so so they, that'd be a 15% cut. I th- I believe that goes for the for the Mac app store, because like, in a sense, you know, they're trying to unify these stores because from the Mac app store, now you can get, uh, iPhone apps. Um, some of them, at least the ones that the developer hasn't, um, said, no, we don't, it's like an opt out program so that your, your iPhone app doesn't become a Mac app. Um, yeah, they are, they are trying to unify and yeah, it's just, it's just this control thing. And Apple believes, I think, that when they control their product maximally, they I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can provide the absolute best experience. And so maybe I'm just too technical of a user and I want to do, you know, my own weird command line things. And so I'm not their target demo, but I just feel like I get told this all the time, like, I, I you know, when a- Apple wouldn't, like, never come out with a computer. I mean, they still really haven't. These aren't beefy GPU-wise. Like, they still don't have, like, a $1,000 gaming machine or, or like, $1,000 w- computer with a beefy GPU.
1: But they don't care because they control, <laughs> prob- I mean, I don't know the actual number, but they control over 50% of, of gaming revenue just on the stupid-ass mobile games. Right. Right. Like all that fucking shit to get a cut of everything.
0: Well, and that's a classic thing. Uh, I think there's some pithy phrase about this, but like when you're like a trillion dollar company, a billion dollar sub category is, is too tiny for you to care
1: about. Well, I mean, I Uh, saw like, uh, like if airPod sales were population of country, it'd be like the thirteenth most populous country in the world, just like <laughs> airPods
0: uh, so they're you know they'll be fine. They'll be fine without my dollars it's it, It's why I'm mad it's it's frustrating because this is obviously the best thing of its kind um, the,
1: the, it's if like if a massive I wanted- improvement.
0: Yeah, like I don't need a laptop very badly right now because there are yeah, I can't go to a coffee shop. But <laughs> um, if I was buying a laptop right now, this is the best laptop. Like the MacBook Air is the best laptop you can get as far as like the trade off of you know battery life and price and and all that stuff and power. Um, but I just couldn't really I couldn't bring myself to do it because it just I'm sacrificing so much control over my technological life to Apple and and I'm just gonna have to fight them for every cool, weird, interesting thing I want to do with my computer. Like every non-normy thing I want to do is 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 a battle.
1: And then you have the whole privacy element in there as well. Like I was I, I just had this argument with one of my buddies and, and what he said his justification for buying the MacBook Air is that he thinks it's the most secure computing platform for him against any actor except for Apple and maybe the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess you could probably make that argument for most people. I Yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable. But I'm not willing to. I'd rather like try to be secure against the manufacturer mm-hmm. than just like accept not being secure against the manufacturer. I just think that that's like a ridiculous premise that you just like you just buy this device under the assumption that just Apple is spying on everything you do.
0: Well, and, and that the, the, the setup and like you talk about this all the time, it's like Apple doesn't have to be nefarious right this second. It's the fact that they have hooks into your machine and could do anything they want that if someone at the government leaned on them, Um, then they clearly have the ability to do it. Like, you know, Apple, um, like with certain, uh, like if you configure your iMessage correctly, it is actually end -end encrypted and Apple won't have the keys. Like by default, they do have the keys, but apparently it's possible to to do that.
1: Say what? They have the keys to the backups. Right, right. But you can disable that. But it's, It's closed source, so there's no way to verify it anyway.
0: But the theoretical (laughs) situation, the the product Apple is selling you in this case where they are actually seemingly like really caring about privacy is that even if the government came asking, if you configured it this way, we wouldn't be able to look at your message. But the
1: default lets them just dump your iCloud just (laughs) to the government.
0: Yes. And their default for the Mac is that they could just do it anything they want to it, apparently. Like, that's what it feels like. I know that's like not literally true, but like the, you know they're monitoring your traffic. They're like trying to hide their own network services, like from
1: VPNs and stuff. Yeah, like didn't they break Little Snitch on the most recent, like Big Sur, I, the most recent update?
0: Yeah, I heard something like that. Um,
1: and like Little so you, Snitch is a traffic analyzer, so it can it can see what what data is going up and down. Um, so even though OS X is closed source, you can see. Um, what data is being transferred, at least historically? But but right. they either broke it or like their their data goes around it or something.
0: I think it was something like that, and I don't know if they, this was fixed or 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 changed back or or if Little Snitch figured it out. But yeah, so like in in that sense, like your your threat, I I do think it is a little probably a little harder to to use. A li- like a standard Linux desktop well it is harder to use a standard list Linux desktop that's for sure but um <laughs> to, to to keep it secure because in some sense you know you're you know you're pseudo apt installing random stuff and um, who who knows exactly what's going on but at least you don't have that huge hook into your system from a corporation that could it seemed like you know just sort of Take it over at any moment if they if they wanted to.
1: And 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 a corporation that does not really care about long term um, repairability of your machine either, or any like even it it goes beyond privacy. Um, it's like planned obsolescence, and we've we've seen them go down this route with the iPhone, and now they're basically trying to go down that route with the desktop. It feels like and the laptops. Um yeah, it's, I, I it's troubling.
0: I, I always feel like they get too much of a bad rap for the planned obsolescence because they really are way better than the especially on the iPhone than the typical Android phone. Um like there but there it it that is almost just like a feature of like it, you know, new software comes along that is more Paul, demanding. Paul,
1: Paul. Do you remember when our devices used to have removable batteries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who started that fucking trend? Yeah. That was yep. a pretty Apple thing. I remember they first started it with the phones. And I was like, okay, I understand. Like the phones are thinner and they're sleeker now. Like that's fine. Like at least my laptop still has a removable battery. <laughs> and now even Apple competitors don't put removable batteries in laptops. Well, no and, one does.
0: And if we're going to go into this bright new future of system on a chip, laptops the ram soldered in you know possibly all the storage is soldered on um like it's just one chip basically that you're buying and if you want to upgrade it you're going to basically need to buy a new chip which i mean in some sense if you could imagine like i could imagine that just being like if, if if the laptop is a thousand dollars and you could this is ridiculous and no one's ever going to build this so I, I, maybe i shouldn't even bring it up but like you could maybe swap out the soc right for like the new the new version you had some some cool motherboard that it manages to work with like different socs and so when a new one comes along you could swap it in i mean the problem with a lot of that modular design is if you're looking for something that you want to hold on to for five years 5 years later the technology will have moved so far that you're not going to want to to swap it in. Like this kind of happens with desktops where like maybe you can like buy a desktop and then like 4 years later put a new GPU in it and you'll be fine. But like before too long you're going to want a new CPU and that CPU won't work with your old motherboard. So you got to buy a new motherboard and so you're like replacing a lot of the computer uh, anyways, even even though it's modular, but a lot, at least with the desktop, you know, you can still slot in your own RAM and your own storage, which is just really, it's not possible with these, these, these machines.
1: But you get 30 hours battery life. <laughs> so tempting.
0: Like if it was, see, if it was, if it was $200, if it was a Pine book, right? And it was fast enough for everything you do during the day and it works for like two years. And then you buy another one that's twice as fast two years later. Like that's a pretty fun life.
1: Yeah. I know. After you said the thing about Android, when I said planned obsolescence, like this is coming from the guy who like buys a new Android phone every year. So, (laughs) so like maybe I'm, you know, full of shit, but, uh, it does feel like they started that curve and that they've been pushing for it. Another random thing with this arm with the M one chip is that it only allows on the Mac mini only allows two. There's a limitation only allows two screens. Yeah. Does anyone care about that? Is that like a real limitation?
0: I don't think that's going to bother most people who use it. And so they didn't, I, I think this is literally just an adapted iPhone chip right now. Um, so, like, they just have really limited I.O. Um, and so I'm I'm imagining the next generation is going to be much more natively desktop. At least that's my assumption. Like, maybe there's some hurdles that they are going to run into, like, with their architecture. Like, I, I don't know of any, but, like, they won't be able to support, like, really great desktop uses. I mean, the one big question mark is, what will they be able to, will you be able to plug an NVIDIA GPU into a uh, a next generation m1 or is it always going to be apple gpus
1: no you're going to have to i mean if you want to get like a specialized gpu in it you're going to have to pay way above market and have it done when you buy the machine
0: and it'll just be built in
1: it's the same reason like they charge oh there's also a 16 gig ram limitation i think right yeah
0: well wait no there's a version with 32 gigs is there
1: i'm pretty sure but anyway, the reason I said that is because it reminds me of, like, how Apple charges, like, $400 to $300 for eight, eight more gigs of RAM. Right. Whatever It's, like, whenever you're trying to fucking... Like, if you're trying to have a machine that's more, you know, just reasonably... Like, no one should be buying a machine with eight gigs of RAM nowadays.
0: Right. And, and it is significantly more expensive um, to... Just to jump
1: up to 16. At least historically, it has been.
0: Yeah. I mean... Although you could say, I mean, right now, this is I think a very special situation where it's just such a good deal, <laughs> like it's the such amount a good of performance deal. that you're getting that you can't you like can't complain um, in any way about, about anything really. About the right. <laughs>
1: it's like it's. I mean, it makes every single computer just look like a fucking ripoff.
0: Yeah, I mean, like right? the, if you- the the Mac Mini compared to any like any seven hundred dollar desktop.
1: Um, is it, absolutely getting destroyed by the Mac Mini. Yeah. Okay, I'm 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 specking out a MacBook Air on air. This I'm I'm specking out a MacBook Pro. It just, starts at a thousand dollars. Oh, you're right. It is maxed yeah, max out
0: sixteen gigabyte of of RAM.
1: And they are still fucking the the base model MacBook Air is eight gigs of of fucking RAM. And if I want to go up to sixteen, I can't. They just don't even. You can't even buy a MacBook Air with sixteen gigs of RAM. Like what the fuck? Like I, I don't know. Just, it just goes yeah, against what I believe in.
0: This very not, not future looking. Um, to move this a little bit along, there is another. Like so, somebody is trying to port Linux to this, and I ask you what you thought about this. What? Remember, I feel like it was negative.
1: <laughs> just a waste of fucking time. It seems like I have a lot of respect for the guy who's doing it. um, But uh, he's like renowned. Like, I mean, I, I have respect for bunny who, who vouched for this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And according to bunny, any, if anyone can do it, it's this guy, but I think he's just wasting his time. I mean, I, I think like, um, like no one should spend time trying to do something with an Apple device that, that Tim Apple doesn't want you to do with it.
0: Yeah. I th- see, that's, that's the thing is like, are we, are we taking back the power of taking back the agency by buying their thing and then running <laughs> our own software on it? Or are we just like, are they just laughing
1: behind their pile of, of cash? Yeah. I prefer parallel. Like I prefer, like I, I would, I would much rather someone like system 76, uh, come out with like their right. own version. Of like an arm super laptop, right?
0: What if, okay, here's a good thought experiment. What if all the other computers in the world were 10 times slower than Apple computers? So you could buy any computer out there and you could run whatever software you want, but they're all going to be horrible speed wise. Like they're stuck in the year. Like Sounds fucking
1: horrible, man. T-
0: 2010
1: this sounds bad this this is what it's kind of right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the that's the sensation i have is is well everything else is going to be awful
1: to give apple the benefit of the doubt here just to be absolutely transparent with the listeners i was a arm on osx or OS X on ARM, Truther. Like every time, like because people have been talking about it's been rumored for a couple of years now. Yeah. Every time someone talked about it, I would just poo poo them away. I was like, they're never gonna be able to pull it off. It's gonna if they do, it's gonna be a single skew. It's gonna be like a random like like they did with the MacBook. Like it's less than the MacBook Air, and it's just gonna be shitty, and it's not gonna fucking go anywhere. And I was just a complete Truther, and they fucking pulled it off. So I mm. give them a hundred percent credit for fucking pulling it off. Um, But as, like, a nerd who cares about privacy, it kills me inside (laughs) because I see this laptop that it checks, like, every single fucking box Hmm. except for, like, user control, and I just can't bring myself to, like, any other, like, I I should be, I should already have this device in my hand. Like, I'm, on paper, it seems fucking amazing. Hmm.
0: I'm, I'm... I'm actually struggling even more right now with wanting an iPhone um, because I've cracked my, I've cracked the glass on the back of my Pixel and the front of my Pixel. Now I'm getting green bands on the screen. Um, it's just awful, and I hate it. Um, it's obviously that's not Google's fault. That's my fault for not putting in a case
1: <laughs> and dropping it a ton of times. Well, glass back phones shouldn't be a thing, but.
0: Well, they do that for for wireless, wireless charging. charging and yeah. yeah, I was looking at like the what call it their three fifty the
1: the four a the
0: four a doesn't have Which wireless I have in charging. my hand
1: no wireless, but it's got like a aluminum back
0: that's that's nice that that's one less shatter point um but the iphones i mean now like now you it makes a little bit of sense why someone would want an iPhone because it's like, oh, it's running a desktop class CPU. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, the only thing that's helping me out here is that the, the, I want the iPhone mini and apparently it doesn't get great battery life. So I could, I can maybe, may, maybe I'll get like the four a, and then I can wait for the next Apple thing. And then hopefully I'll, um, by then I'll like have, um, actually set up my foray so that it's private and secure. I'm forgetting the name of the cool operating system. Graphene. Graphene. I'll get graphene and I'll actually have a good setup. And then the iPhone mini two will come out and I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't even care. Cause I have real sovereignty, but like right now I'm right now, Google spies on me and I was cool with that at first, but I just feel like they're doing a bad job of keeping this operating system. Feels like a mess At least Apple does a good job. Like, I feel like on the desktop, it feels a little different just because I have a great solution. You know, I've got Pop! OS on a computer I built myself. Uh, It was affordable. It's really performant and I can do everything I need to do on there. Um, I'm a little less confident in my phone situation.
1: Obviously, like on the privacy and sovereignty side, we've always been, I mean, it's not a it's it's far from an ideal situation on desktop, laptop, but but it, it it's always been way better than on phones. Like phones has always been a fucking mess, right? As as far as I'm concerned, like like you go into the Apple ecosystem and you just you gotta go whole hog. Like like the, the main advantage of like an iPhone and, and a Mac and shit is that it just all works together, right? And just like the whole you can thing FaceTime your family. <laughs> but but like let's like let's be absolutely clear here. Um, both Google and Apple, the two Titans like want the same thing, right? They're, they, they want full control over your devices and they're going to, they're using the excuse of, of safety for, for that control. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really it's, it's revenue and money. Um, and, and, and we already see that like, like Chrome OS, like if you trust Google, which you shouldn't, Um, like, and you don't care about the U S government, like Chrome OS is like a very secure, like a Chromebook is a very secure desktop Mm. if you trust Google, you know, but you shouldn't trust Google. Like they, they like clamp down the fuck out of it. Like you can't do anything that's not sanctioned. Um, and that's like where Apple's going. So, so really we need open platforms and we need open hardware. And the question is, do we have the proper incentives there for it? And we don't really, but I think that as people get owned, hopefully there'll be more and more demand for, um, like we brought him up earlier, like our boy bunny, like he's, he's working on this like open hardware platform on mobile. Um, and let's be honest, like the first model is going to be absolute fucking shit. Right. But like, I feel like there's, there's actually some momentum there. There's some demand there. There's some hype.
0: I mean, it's, it's very, it's very inspiring what he's, so yeah, Bunny, he's Bunny Studios on, uh, on Twitter. He's, he's kind of a legend in the hardware scene and, um, yeah, he's gonna, see, and that that's one of those things where it's like, that's going to be 10 or 20 times worse than like the modern iPhone when that come if, if if and when that comes out. Like it, the idea is to build a a a mobile device that you can use for communication, but the all the component you know what all the components are, you know their provenance, and and, and as far as possible they've been audited. And the software that you run on there is open source and and that you have the, the, the most secure situation that we can conceive of a mobile device being in the year 2020, um, the you know there's there's a lot of difficulty there with um, like truly securing your whole supply chain for every part. That's like a, a really high bar, and then auditing that that you've got the correct thing. You know, these are tiny little microscopic functionalities that you know if if somebody and I I'll, I'll be honest with you, this is not really my main threat threat model. Like I'm not spending a ton of time wondering if the NSA has snuck like a weird little chip onto my phone to, to spy on me. Because um, they have. <laughs> well, like they don't need to, so I don't think they do very often. Like they can just like That's true.
1: It's more expensive they, for them to do that. Yeah, they, they don't they have
0: call to call up Facebook, Google, Twitter, Apple. And they just say, you know, give, you know, or literally like half the Internet, like just routes through their servers or whatever, you know, however they they do it.
1: Or any of those people that are still using like text messages and just like postcards.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, those. Pla- yeah. Oh, yeah. And then like uh, and then all the yeah, all the, the data that is collected for for advertising's sake um,
1: that, you know, that's really easy to scoop up, you know, all your. Right, we just saw recently they're just buying advertising location data. Because you don't need a warrant for it, <laughs> right?
0: And, the, and yeah, and, the, and similarly with a lot of this phone stuff, you don't need need a warrant for for that information. Um, so I I feel like just just the idea that that you have some level of control over at least the software stack and hopefully a, a good chunk of the hardware stack means that. You're just way far ahead of, of, of anything else that you can just buy off the shelf.
1: Okay, so here. Here's a good metaphor, right? There's two types of tech nerds, right? There's the tech nerd that has the latest Apple Watch on their wrist, right? And then there's the tech nerd that would never wear an Apple Watch on their wrist because mm. it's a microphone. Just sitting, It's just like you just got a wiretap around your fucking wrist. And... That's crazy to me, right? Because those two nerds share 99% in common with what what they enjoy in life, you know, and what what hits their dopamine rush, like what gives them a fucking hit. Mm-hmm. But they Benchmarks. couldn't be farther from each other ever. Yeah, well, would you wear an Apple Watch on your wrist? No. But
0: I, I, I they're kind of cool. I kind of want one. I, I really inter- I was really interested in wearable stuff before it became the this extension of someone's cloud computing infrastructure.
1: <laughs> like I really It's a wiretap like, on your wrist.
0: Yeah, I want like local interesting information and I want to deal with that information, you know, locally on my own land, you know. Um, uh, there's, there, there, there was, was it, there was a, even a name for it. Like in the back in the day, it was like personal area network or something like the idea that you'd have devices on your body that would be ne- networked with each other, you know? Um, but it always it's just, you know, it's just a, the, the phone is, is the hub of those now. And, but it's just a proxy to the internet, you know, it all.
1: It's almost like land doesn't even exist anymore. It's just all fucking WAN.
0: It's all wan all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What what would be? And this I feel like this is like the grand question um, in general. Is like obvi- obviously there's, there's not enough of a profit motive. Well, maybe maybe we should do this next next topic. To kinda and then we'll try to bring it all together. A but, I bit. mean,
1: before we go to the next topic, like the the thing that I battle with all the time is that I go between wanting the latest and greatest technology and then not wanting any electricity in my house. Like I don't <laughs> know what to do. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do when when I see all this shit and I think it's so fucking cool and I just want to play with it, but at the same time it scares the shit out of me.
0: Yeah. Well, I have like an Oculus Rift that's basically bricked.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bought one of the, um, what's the standalone version? I have the standalone version. Oh, yeah. And I have like a year and a half until the, they were going to force me to fa- make a Facebook account yeah, to use it. Yeah, it's
0: the Facebook headcrab.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's a cool device. And I was able to use it without a Facebook account. But mm-hmm. it also has eight cameras on the front, so you know where your proximity is. And it scares the shit out of me. So it's just been sitting in my closet. I used it twice.
0: Yeah, and I think, yeah, I don't know what, how, yeah, I, 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 the the thing is, is that the fix seems like, okay, make a version of this that doesn't require a Facebook account, but there's clearly no incentive, there's not enough incentive on the market. There's not enough money to be made to make this without it being some sort of play towards Facebook data gathering, you know? It's not enough to sell a good piece of hardware and and have an open store where people can deliver software to it. You need to socialize it and, and pull it into your social network so that you can, you know, upsell or I don't know even what they're hoping to accomplish by forcing Oculus users to to use Facebook for everything, but you know, that, you know, I'm seeing these ads all the time for Oculus. Like they're clearly like really into it. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, no other company does anything even competitive. You know, the o- Oculus Rift stuff right now is Facebook's
1: going to own the shit out of VR. He's is,
0: is the M1 of VR.
1: Yeah, in in 5 years like if you want to use virtual reality like you're going to have to like fucking bend the knee to Facebook to use it.
0: Well, and so I kind of hope that there will be something trailing in the wake. Like there will be like there will be a headset that will be 3 years behind. So Three years from now, someone will be able to make a a, a a headset that you don't need a Facebook account, but is as good as that. But then
1: you're just going to pick, you're just going to be like, I pick this different corporation to be a slave of. And then, and that corporation, I just like a little bit better than Facebook. And hopefully they don't become evil within the next five years.
0: Well, so this, yeah, this corporation would have <laughs> to have some sort of business model that is selling VR headsets. You know, like the, there, would, there would have to be enough money in it just in selling VR headsets for that to to, to work. You, you couldn't, you, they couldn't have some sort of social, social play. Like somehow, maybe, maybe Trump will ban section 230 and social networking will be illegal. And, and then now, now companies will just have to be just hardware companies because they can't. Can't afford the lawyers it it would require to to do. Did social you networking. read Ready Player One? Yeah.
1: And did you you watch the movie too?
0: Yeah. Yes. Which was like the
1: movie was kind of shit.
0: Tangentially related.
1: Yeah, uh, but the, the book I I think the book was written to be a movie and then they fucked up the movie. But anyway, um, like that was a dystopian book, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Do you think everyone who reads that thinks it's a dystopian book?
0: I feel like I've, I think I've changed over the past maybe decade or so, um, where I think I was pretty, pretty happy to be a pod person and I would live in a pod and if- You're the exact opposite now, bro. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I realize like I have these tendencies to, to podify myself, um, and just, you know, retreat and- just order everything on Amazon and, you know, all my food's prepared for me. And if I could just sip it through a straw so I don't even have to chew, you know, um, and then I could have like this amazing life in VR or something like that. Um, but I do think, and I don't know, I just, if it does feel like sometimes like that is, I, I, I th- there's something I find like... Um, dystopian about seeing a VR ad while I'm watching Twitch during a lockdown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, look how wonderful your forced seclusion can be. Don't you love this prison we've built for you? <sighs> that's the, I mean, that's the, you ever read uh brave new world? Yep. I mean, that's the idea that the, the prison is so, comfy it's so much fun it's so and that's nice. what they get you the m1 is so fast <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a very nice it's a very nice prison it's a revolutionary prison the hand that m1
0: hand tracking in this prison vr is immaculate it's like I'm. it's like i'm i'm
1: there that's what it's called the oculus quest is the go. one i have the hand tracking is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> for right. like a $400 device or whatever the fucking cost was
0: I think it's down to like 300 It's ridiculous I know, but I bought it
1: I bought it at the beginning of the lockdown And the price actually went up It was like a good investment for a while It went up like 20% uh, When the lockdown happened But whatever, I mean they came out with this, the second version But the hand tracking, like it is close Like they're very close, mm. uh, Facebook
0: Yeah which is—it's interesting though that it hasn't. It still, it's still—it's. I think it's much more successful than it's ever been. I don't think it's truly taking over it's the world yet. It's niche still. Yeah. Um, this is so. This is still related on this sort of theme, but this is uh, it, this is not the M1 processor. Um, Google uh, AlphaFold. Um.
1: What's the theme, Paul?
0: Okay, the theme. Is wait, I wrote this down somewhere.
1: <laughs> it's so fucking good.
0: Wait, where did I put that?
1: I'll read it. The okay, theme yeah. is he wants to explore amazing world changing technical breakthroughs from companies that he wants to see dead. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, absolutely. I it's it's these these mega corporations, and <laughs> I'm not mad that they're big. I'm mad that they are are ag- against me in so many different vectors, um, and yet they are—they're winning. They are—they're um, doing the work, and they're like—they're—they've got hustle and determination, and uh, uh, Google. I don't know how many billions of dollars they've spent on Deep Mind. Um plus they also have fired up their own chip division to make the TPU to make their own like um machine learning hardware to so that they can like run stuff in the cloud, you know, for obviously for their own purposes, but also DeepMind uh um can like run all of their machine learning stuff in Google's cloud. Um so DeepMind, you might know from like AlphaGo. Uh, has now come out with alpha fold, but apparently this is the second version. I didn't even know they were working on this. Um, and it's, they're folding proteins and they're folding proteins that at a quality level that is now considered a solved problem. As in like, they have some metric for rating how well a simulation folds a protein. And the, the kind of benchmark was around 90% because uh, quality, like 90% accurate to how a protein actually folds. And, um, like they were hovering around 50 or 60%. And then blammo here comes alpha fold and it's solved after like, they've been working on this for decades, uh, You mentioned you you, were you running Folding at Home.
1: You can hear my dog in the background, right? (laughs) Hates Google. Yeah, my dog. My my dog only started going once. Once he started going at Google. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I ran Folding Home for fucking years. In hindsight, should have been mining Bitcoin. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or like I Folding at Home is the coolest fucking
1: thing ever. But with this development, it was completely useless. Right? Like, I we're we're talking. We're talking negligible effect compared to what Google's doing right now in a matter of days.
0: Yeah. And and yeah, like I said to you, you should have been click, clicking on AdSense ads.
1: Like, yeah, because then I could incentivize Google to to speed up their research to get yeah, to this point, and like, that would have been better for the world.
0: This is one of those projects I feel like is only possible, similar with the M1, this is only possible... How many possible AdSense
1: ads have you clicked? <laughs> Probably like five. In like your lifetime, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, how is their whole business model that, and I've, like, never clicked a single, like, I've, like, maybe, like, yeah, five accidentally, like, my cursor accidentally, like, clicked a <laughs> fucking ad.
0: Well, uh, the big one, actually, I, I probably clicked hundreds because um, when you Google something, the top results are an ad that is made to look like a search result. Uh, and, and all, So they tricked
1: and, me into clicking it. Yeah, and I don't they tr- even know.
0: Trick you into clicking because a lot of times it looks and it is the exact thing you were looking for. Like if you Googled Apple, you'd probably see an ad for Apple, and you could click. I I, I don't know. I feel like they, there's no way that that can. I don't know if that's a, a huge chunk of their revenue, but anyways, yes, I, I I I. But yeah, if I see one out and about.
1: I really <laughs> like you're on a random page and on the side like the Adsense ad banner yeah, is like no. there you know like no one clicks those no
0: well and that's you know to be honest that's that's why Facebook is such a, a a a profitable company and that's why they need to to know more about you because they can you know especially like an Instagram they can like they can hit you with the exact product I probably clicked more I I hardly use Instagram I probably clicked more Instagram ads. Then I have Google ads.
1: Are you, so how many social networks are you on? I'm just completely derailing this conversation.
0: I lurk on Instagram and I have Twitter. I don't have a Facebook account technically, although obviously
1: Instagram. You know, it's, Insta. Um, you have WhatsApp?
0: No, I don't have WhatsApp. Uh, I've got Telegram.
1: You got Snapchat?
0: I think I do have a Snapchat.
1: You have a TikTok?
0: But I don't use it. Yes. Yes, I have a TikTok. Really? Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Um my boy's TikTok famous.
0: Who's your boy?
1: I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to publicly connect myself to. him. Uh, okay. I do not have a TikTok. You're what? You do I not. I do not. I my only social media I have is Twitter and Telegram. If Telegram counts
0: and is it because you you don't want is because you think TikTok's going to spy on you or you know TikTok is going to spy on you Did you watch the you? social dilemma? No, I didn't.
1: So the social dilemma like kind of comes from like a socialist angle? Mm-hmm. Um which I disagree with uh you know like it, it, at the end it like asks it, it says we need collective action to like stop these corporations which is actually kind of where i'm coming from because you were like these big corporations um we want them to die but they're creating all these amazing world changing things and i think m- me and you i don't want to pigeonhole ourselves but we come more from the libertarian side yeah um i want these i want these companies to die because
0: They fail to meet market demand.
1: Right. Like, but, but it's instead of collective action, it's like individual personal action. Right. 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 But, um, the social dilemma is like, I mean, I came to that conclusion myself, right? Is that, is, is this idea that they're basically trying to profit off of our attention Mm -hmm. and our attention and our time is like the most valuable thing we have. So I can't let them do that to me. So, so my main social media now is like signal group chats. Like I have like my friends and family I have on signal group chats and I just, I'll like drop a picture of the family in one of those group chats or something.
0: I mean, that's really beautiful. Um, I really think that is the ideal. It's weird because Twitter is like so special because like, it's a way to like broadcast publicly. Like you can say something that could get tweeted by retweeted by somebody else and, like, 10,000 people will see that thing. Or, you know, maybe in a, once in a blue moon, 100,000 people or a million people will see that, that thing. Um, obviously, that would be a, a failure of your group
1: chat if that happened on Signal. Um, right. I mean, Twitter is microblogging, right? And I'm not against blogging. I'm not against podcasting, right? The problem with Twitter is, is you, you do do the doom scroll. Yeah. Well, you are just constantly scrolling, but
0: that's that's just like TikTok
1: and Instagram.
0: I mean, the, the only thing like I I find interesting weird things on TikTok. It really depends on like you you TikTok has the most responsive algorithm of any social media network I've ever seen in my life, and normally it really bugs me that my timeline on Twitter is not a rev cron, you know. But I don't follow too many people on TikTok. I just go on there like maybe once a week and I start scrolling and you just see random stuff and what you hold on and what, if you watch the whole video or especially if you like it, then TikTok shows you more of that exact style of thing. And, and so
1: maybe that's more of my issue, right? Is is I, I'm not trying to defend Twitter. Like, Twitter's a fucking mess right now, and I'm, I've been looking for alternatives. We'll see with network effect and whatnot. But Twitter's more, you know, I mean, all these things, it depends how you use it, right? But I think Twitter is more, um, at least historically, has been, you know, your the, the what you cultivate, you know, who you right. follow, who you choose to follow. If Once you put your heart in the algo, like, once... Whatever shows up on your screen is algo based, which Twitter has been going to, which yes. I fucking completely disagree with, and I don't use their like main home feed or whatever. Um, it, that that's where you get into trouble, right? Like once once you start letting that algo do whatever the fuck that algo wants to do, um, and your I, attention's not yours anymore.
0: I agree in theory. Probably I agree entirely. I still enjoy it. It's like a junk, it is like a junk food, um.
1: But I don't know. So how do you feel about the U.S. government banning TikTok? I think that's dumb. Um, I I still think it's dumb for
0: them like the ban Huawei. Um. I I just don't I don't see, unless I'm completely missing something, I do not see how. TikTok spying on me is any different than any of these other companies spying on me.
1: Well, the difference is that TikTok is an arm of the Chinese government and every other surveillance company is an arm of the U.S. government. Yeah, and
0: who's more likely that, to arrest that, me? That's the argument. Who do I pay taxes to, you know, like who, who, is my, who uh, am I in uh, typical enmity with, you know? Like what is the, what is the Chinese government gonna do with this list of talks that I've
1: looked at. Well, I mean, I don't want the Chinese government to spy on me, but I don't want the U.S. government to spy on me. And I don't want anyone to ban any apps.
0: Right. I agree.
1: Wait, you cut out. Hello? I uh, know I'm here. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yes, I agree. I was just giving I, you a I,
1: look. I was frozen.
0: I don't want either of them to spy on me. But I'm saying the ill effects of China spying me are way smaller than the data from Twitter and YouTube and Facebook going to the U S government. Yeah. I well, mean, look, like that's still my theory. And I, I, you know, I wish I had done more looking into this to really know it for sure. But like, that's my theory with Huawei is that the U S government doesn't like Huawei infrastructure in the U S because it's, they, they uh, like is either harder to tap or Huawei isn't letting them tap, tap it. Or, you know, I feel like
1: Huawei is th- only letting the Chinese government tap their, right. their infrastructure. Exactly. <laughs> but meanwhile, if AT&T or Motorola does it, you know, then, and then they have the room on the 15th floor where all the fucking data goes through.
0: Right. That That's, that's my working assumption. I don't know if that that's totally true, but 100%. Say uh, what?
1: Like, 100%, 100%. That's what's happening.
0: Well, there you go. All right. So we're agreed on that. I, I'll, 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 cut back my talking to every other week. It's just, it's just fun. I, I, in a, I would I normally hate it when the algorithm on YouTube or Twitter tries to guide me in different directions, but I, I just have a great time on, on TikTok and I see stuff that I just wouldn't, wouldn't normally be exposed to. I saw this thing where you can like light a candle on fire by lighting the, the smoke um, after it's been blown out. Cause the smoke turns out is, is actually wax vapor. And when you're burning a candle, the th- see, like I learned about physics. I also like, I like, I always hurt something if they're like telling you how to like hack something, um, or like how to cheat at your homework is, is a, a big, a big go-to for me. It's just, it's just delightful. I feel like I'm, you, you know, it's one of those, pro- I like living, if, if I'm a pod person, at least I can, like, live vicariously through, through other people.
1: I will not eat the bugs. <laughs> I will not take the chip. I will not stay in my pod. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, that, that, so, that's my ideal. That's my ethic. But, um, but yeah. The You're po- full of shit. The pod, yeah. The pod draws
1: me in. And I love the pod dude i was i was at your apartment breaking fucking lockdown rules <laughs> like with no masks just in the middle of a pandemic you're not a fucking pod person okay I will well, not accept that i appreciate that I, I'm just gonna edit this part out
0: i'm grateful I'm grateful that you don't think I'm just a pod person um so yeah what what could possibly Oh, I had, the, I had this um, this parallel with these big companies that have these, you know, if you're like a trillion-dollar company, you can do something weird like build your own chip or spend billions of dollars on um, an AI project that plays Go until it all of a sudden starts, you know, folding proteins. And, I mean, all their research for the protein folding stuff is going to, I'm sure, going to be open source. I mean, it's too... Um I mean yeah I'm, uh, as far as I know everything that deep uh, uh, like deep mind has done all, all the main like newsy things that they've announced they've also shared exactly how they did it this is not proprietary like google's not licensing folding technology I I doubt
1: Um Yeah but I mean the secret deep mind stuff we don't know about Right the Right
0: what what do you think they would be doing in secret because I'm sure they're doing something in secret. I just I, I'm trying to think of what it would be.
1: I don't know. Like, how does? But so so, DeepMind is the the tip of the spear of AI, right?
0: They're they're yeah, artificial they're, intelligence. They're the most advanced, yeah, artificial intelligence company, I believe.
1: So I mean, overthrow dictators that we don't like. That seems like a <laughs> a thing that an AI can do. I don't know. I, I, I mostly thought, you know, coming from the Bitcoin world, I don't know how, how much the listeners are aware of Bitcoin, but when we hear someone say blockchain or crypto, we know it's usually a buzzword. Yeah. Um, that's usually how I felt about artificial intelligence. I mean, DeepMind kind of caught me off guard. Um, but I'm not a... I, 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 I don't pay that much attention to that sphere. So I don't know how far along they are. You know, the articles seem like they're pretty far along, but I also just have this general gut reaction where I'm like, I hear AI and I mostly hear in my head bullshit.
0: Yeah. I, I, I feel that. And it's interesting with deep mind. It came, it came it's like they keep on setting themselves up to look like they are, just bullshit. Like the first thing that deep mind did was played Atari games perfectly. And so it would train on Atari games and then it would teach itself how to play them. And then it would play them. Um, and there was a lot of criticism at the time, like, well, this is a very limited application. You could only do this in, for this specific kind of thing. And I think that is the, 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 the big lesson I feel like with, with machine learning is we keep on developing, I think, better hardware to do it, better ideas, of how, better algorithms, and better ideas of how to put them together and stuff. But each breakthrough is very specific and usually is not, it, it's nothing, nothing close to or anything like some sort of general intelligence. And so basically nothing, that isn't in the training set ultimately can be reflected in the intelligence of this thing. So, you know, like you or I can see a few things and then start to kind of infer and come up with some ideas and and some new methods and some strategies for overthrowing dictators or whatever. Whereas the way AI works is you train it on millions or, you know, just tons and tons of data and that is the
1: sum total, basically,
0: of that thing's intelligence.
1: Right, but meanwhile, like this AI is controlled by the company that is the single greatest surveillance apparatus that this world has ever seen. <laughs> so, right. I do wonder. I right. do wonder how far they've gotten. But, but, they, I, I, I would not be surprised. It, you know, they they have everything. They have you like know, half I, of all of day, our emails. They have no oh, p- how about Google Photos? No oh, one talks yeah. about Google Photos. Google Photos is a fantastic product. But we if I go back to the tech nerd who loves the Apple Watch on his wrist, mm-hmm. there's the tech nerd who loves Google Photos. Yeah. And then there's the tech nerd who's scared shitless of, of Google Photos. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 it's completely free. It's a completely free product. And they're just using it for massive machine learning. Yeah, behind the scenes, that's the profitability for them. And and they were able to do that over a decade and just take the hit. They could take the hit on all that data storage they have to deal with for, for, for quote, unquote, free.
0: <laughs> well, they actually came out recently and they were going to charge for some tier of usage. Um, and there's been a bunch of bash, bash backlash. I don't know if I don't know. It's I don't know. It's funny. Like, I, I, I do think the, the my dream as the, the type of tech nerd that is, is closer to the no Apple Watch than the Apple Watch nerd, um, <laughs> it, it has to be profitable to make good products and sell them somehow. And, and, and if the, as long as the business model, like if, if creating a good product and selling it is not profitable enough, so you have to tie in your social network or your machine learning thing, or your ad thing, or something to, or you have to lock down the product so they can all use it in certain ways. Like as long as that is 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 the situation, we don't get the the people who pay. You don't get the best stuff. The people who pay first stuff get like the the Snickle fritz and the people who give their body and soul over to Google and Apple get the M1 and get their proteins folded.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're getting the raw end of the deal.
0: Well, and so, like, the, the libertarian or capitalist of me, like, I feel like I can't, I can't complain. Like, there are a lot of people who say, oh, well, these are like, uh, there's this guy, Michael Recton Wall, he, he gave this talk that I found extremely dissatisfied or unsatisfying. And he's trying to, like, say that these are, like, Apple and Google are, and Facebook are, like, gov- governmentalities or government t- government entities or something like that. Um, like that they're so tied to the government, um, that they, they, in some sense, they're an extension of the government's control. Um, and and that's
1: fascism, isn't it?
0: Yes, I believe so.
1: Um, but like industry is government and government is industry.
0: Well, and there's also the idea of like oligarchy where you just have powerful, rich people who are kind of like running the world. And I think like that that may be a
1: combination of the two.
0: Yeah, I think we have a little bit of fascism, a little bit of oligarchy going on. Um, but there's also the fact that Apple just makes the the best product, you know. Apple just makes a really good thing. So it's not I know, but like just the there's not just I'm not just being manipulated into
1: to getting Paul, these things. In the 90s when we were growing up, you could buy the nicest or like the early 2000s you could buy like the nicest sony music player yeah the best one the state of the art sony music player right yep and there was zero privacy trade off you know there was no there was there was no trade off <laughs> there where you were like I, I if if i buy the latest and greatest best audio quality thing i could buy like will this fuck me right. in 10 years or something like you didn't have to consider that it just wouldn't Right. But now it does. What happened?
0: Right. Well, and I feel like it's like the, it's like that, that business model still exists. It's just overshadowed. And sometimes it's overshadowed that so much that it gets crowded out of the market, but it's overshadowed by this business model of, um, of an Apple or like a, a company that's trying to rule the world has the ability to, to, to kind of like create like lost leaders and stuff like that. Um, whereas, you know, cause like, like think of like Google and Amazon, how they've approached getting, um, home assistance into your house, right? Like the Alexa and Google home, uh, they, they sell them at a ridiculously low price because they have, other. they're losing
1: money on each device.
0: Right. So they have other ideas. So now if you were the Sony of now at times, you know, what's, what's a good audiophile brand. If you're, um, wow, I'm so out of it. Like
1: Bowens and Wilkins, Bowers and Wilkins or whatever. (laughs) There you
0: go. Your Bowers and Wilkins, you You know who I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. let's, Let's go with that. Um, you you can't sub and you want to make like a device that sits in your house and you ask it to play music. You don't have the AI chops to, to do good listening for, for voice like voice commands. And you can't afford to sell it at a loss because you actually need to make your profit on this. You're not going to make the profit in the broad Sonos. ecosystem. Sonos is a good Sonos example. Sonos is a perfect example. Yeah. Their stuff is way more expensive.
1: Um, but they've like basically bent the knee. They're just like, you can use Google or Apple voice assistant or Amazon voice assistants.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have a Sonos, so I don't know. Um, is that the case? I mean, I
1: only know from watching tech news and stuff, like I don't have a Sonos either, (laughs) but I know that they, 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 their business model, Sonos's business model is purely selling you hardware. Mm. Right. They sell you these fucking speakers that are expensive and they connect to each other. There's no subscription. You don't pay a Sono subscription fee. They're, I don't think they're supposed to be selling your data. Yeah, do they
0: sell like your their data? Their business
1: model is particularly hardware. But they couldn't compete with these other guys, so they just let them in. They gave them an entrance. They're like, you can monetize on our platform.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, if, I've always been surprised that Sonus is still around. So, like, maybe they're like a good example of of a uh, somebody offering something that's compelling enough and good enough that and that it can just be a product and it doesn't have to be a world domination strategy.
1: Um, but as libertarians are close, like, we should be fine with that. I'm fine with it, kind of.
0: We're fine with what.
1: Like, these companies should be able to try and dominate us. That's how we get the best products. I just... What my issue is, is where they start co-opting regulators so that other right. competitors can't come onto the market. Which I feel
0: like is almost always happening. Like, I feel like that is like the 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 classic move is that you, you, you're a scrappy upstart in a garage and then you succeed and then you become big and then you kind of try to pull up the drawbridge behind you um, and kind of hold off. I mean, one of the big ones I think in tech is patents. Um, I I do think this could be a way, I mean, this is frustrating because this is me saying, hey, government change so that this can, you know, so that my life can be better. You know, I I I still can't think of a good way other than like buying a laptop from System76 and buying cool audiophile stuff from people who make cool audiophile stuff. And hopefully someone will make a fun, good, interesting wearable that doesn't track you and a good VR thing that 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 doesn't require a Facebook account. And so like supporting those sorts of projects and products I think and you know trying to get this bunny phone if, if, if it ever comes out. I do think that that is one way to incentivize that kind of, that kind of alternative tech. Um, but
1: for- I, th- I mean, I think it just comes down to convenience versus privacy, right? Like you're going to always, you know, the more convenient option will be less private I, look, for wearables. we Garmin is kind of doing it. Um, we kind of we kind of have you know we have system 76 we have purism hmm. we have these small niche manufacturers that are trying to do um privacy sovereignty first uh but yeah i mean like the big company like i mean i i don't think reforming patents is a is a pro government position. I mean that's I and like patents exist in the first place because of governments, right? Like IP exists oh. in the first place because of government. So asking them to reform it isn't really requesting government intervention. It's actually requesting government disintervention, right? Like we're asking absolutely. them to just step the fuck back.
0: Yes. I, absolutely. It would be the government way less involved in our lives and way less involved in technology, and I do think it would be very liberating. And, and we would get great results. Like, you know, it's, it's illegal to make your own GPU. Basically it's illegal to make your own CPU in a lot of cases. Thankfully we have like risk five, which is a truly open source architecture that could I, hopefully um, we could start seeing some good results there. But, um, but it's, it's for me, it still feels like kind of a powerless play. It feels like uh, my life could be great if somebody fixed this problem with government, you know. And I, like, I don't want to be in that like supplicant position all the time. want to I want to have a little more, a little more agency than that.
1: I mean, and so I'm. I mean, I, I we're both lifelong Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And and I I do. You know i it it kills me inside that when I wake up in the morning i the the two entities that are attacking my privacy and my sovereignty are my own government and our own corporations. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, and they're allied together against me. That's the result that's that's where we live today in this world. And this is why, um, this is why there's such confusion, uh, to, to people in the political spectrum that are, are, you know, if you're anti-government or anti-corporation, a lot of times it blends together because they're blending together. Right. But, but what I wanted to see is I want to see more competition. I want to see, you know, easier entrance into the market by newcomers and, and, I you know what people I think what people don't realize and what we fail to often accept is that we're so fucking early here in terms of the digitization of the world like becoming such a like we we're going to basically it seems like the only result that's going to happen is we're going to go to fucking massive pain and we're just going to and and this is the human condition the human condition is you're a five-year-old and the stove looks fun and you fucking touch it, you know? And then the stove isn't fun. Hmm. <laughs> the stove burns you. And that's how you learn, you know? And I, I think, like, we're digitizing the world and we're going to fucking burn ourselves and then we're going to be like, okay, maybe we fucked this up and maybe um, we need more, like, consumer protection and, 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 and focus on what really matters. Um, but, but that shouldn't that shouldn't happen from a government oversight kind of direction. Like Mm. it should, it it should happen from a maybe government shouldn't focus on fucking us kind of direction.
0: Can you think of some good example? I mean, I think an interesting example there would be like your move to signal away from like a, a broader, more, um, um, a more, broadly social social network I, I, I don't know what the right term for it is like that seems like something where you like uh, I, I don't know if you were burned by facebook but you decided that you don't want to be on the facebook life that's not how you want to hang out with your family you want a small private <coughs> thing this is your a better solution to the thing that you oh. wanted
1: in the first place well i mean what got me was uh snowden hmm uh, I mean i I was a naive little patriot, um, and I thought both my government was on my side, and I thought that if my government was uh, gonna fuck me, at least the corporations were on my side, and then Snowden came out and he was like, "They're both working against you um, so <laughs> so that that fucking threw me for a fucking loop. And, you know I think signal's a great example because signal. Is not a profitable company. Mm. They're not even a company. They're like they're. I think they're a nonprofit organization. It's like a charity. Or at least they have a nonprofit organization funneling them money. Mm. That the Signal founder, um, like he donated a, a shit ton of. Uh, no no. WhatsApp the WhatsApp founder sold to Facebook, then got pissed off at Facebook and donated a shit ton of money over to Signal, uh. and then that money is is keeping them afloat. But that part doesn't really matter because I think open source software, I think there is like a real organic desire among the dev community to support open source software. Um, So I, I I think they don't necessarily need that slush fund, but it's nice that they have the slush fund. Mm -hmm. The key is the network effect, right? And if you look all across the world, The people adopt these defensive technologies when they realize the need to adopt those technologies. So Snowden was a big push. Um, These different revolutionary movements around the world was a big push. In America, we saw a huge-ass push in the most recent protests. And and I disagree that Signal notifies you if a contact joins, Um, but anyone who had Signal noticed it during this pandemic during the fucking protest because all of a sudden i was just getting notified left and right like person joined mm-hmm. signal person joined si- person joined signal and that meant two things to me it either meant they decided they wanted to buy some weed or <laughs> or they were protesting um and and that's why signal shouldn't have those those notifications but the key there is is that the And those notifications are local in defense of Signal. It's because they were in my contact book and then they joined. So it wasn't like Signal was tracking it necessarily. And I don't think they should use phone numbers. But the key there, right, is that that the only way we pierce the network effect um, is, is when people desire it and when they need it. And they only really that only happens after they get fucking burned after they realize either they get hurt or a friend or a family member gets hurt, and they realize you know why it's important.
0: I think that's really well put what what would be i guess what's yeah the frustrating part about that is that you don't get the you you there's not as much um there's the wisdom that you get from suffering and not as much of the wisdom that you get with like um some sort of foresight um like obviously i i've, I've not been in some sort of hot water with my government where they, they tried to break into my computer that i know of and you know um that i'm sure there's a ton of passive metadata about about me out there um but like i'm not i'm not in some sort of um antagonistic relationship there uh i just I just want to be aware that that is something that's possible in the world. Um, but, yeah, like what would be the, the equivalent of that for, for, the, for the Apple M1? Like, the, you know, the M5 is out and it's 50% better than any other computer that you can buy with like less than $10,000. You know what? What what would burn someone in that situation? Just that the fact that they can't run whatever apps they want to run, like Apple's truly locked it down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember in the early days of Bitcoin, like Apple said, no Bitcoin wallets on Apple, and yeah. and there was there was videos, Bitcoiners would post videos of them uh, destroying. And in classic Bitcoiner fashion, they would like shoot their iPhone <laughs> um, or they would sl- smash it with a, a sledgehammer and people were posting photos of it. Beautiful. And I remember like back back when that was happening. I mean, this was not that long ago. This was 2014, 2015, five, six years ago. And I remember I I said to myself, I was like, Apple will never allow a Bitcoin wallet in their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so you have these apps and 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 I can't run it on my device, so I'm gonna go seek out an alternative. That that is not necessarily that user getting attacked, right? right? It is is that user noticing that they're they're missing out on something, um, and they're feeling that natural FOMO and they're leaving for it. I think that is less effective though as a motivation than getting fucking burned. Right. And and if you look at things like. The big thing for me was the Equifax hack recently. I mean, what was that, like three years ago or so four years ago? Something like that. At this point, where every single adult American got fucked on that Equifax hack. And we had nothing. We couldn't do anything. We're already automatically in their database, right? Mm. And what did they offer us? They offered us like a year of fucking identity <laughs> free, protection. Free
0: credit reports.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was bullshit, right? And as that happens, that's going to happen more and more as all of our information gets digitized, and and people will learn. People will learn, like, when you grow up, you know, they tell you. You know, I remember my parents, like, it was the fucking 90s, right? And Dateline was freaking out about uh, janitors, like, touching children, right? And they're like they would, like, tell your kids, like, tell your kids, like, if, if an adult male at school tells you to go into a closet, like, don't go into the closet, mm-hmm. you know? It's going to be the same exact fucking thing, but with digital hygiene, with with protecting your own personal privacy, and it will become accepted. But it's going to... We're going to have to get fucked first, and that's what kills me inside, because I, I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 we have to basically sit here and just watch people get fucked while they figure it out.
0: I think that the the temporary ban on Bitcoin apps is really interesting in that like I didn't I wasn't around in Bitcoin at that time. But I feel like I've just had enough similar situations with Apple where Apple wouldn't let me do the thing with my computer that I wanted to do that. Like that's like built up this sort of background. Um, be wary kind of thought, you know, and that's why I I, I think twice be, like I want an iPhone because they seem cool and they're obviously really fast and stuff like that. But I like, well, what 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 will Apple not allow me to do with it, and what will Apple decide not to allow me to do tomorrow? So I already have that little that little mindset. But yeah, I mean, I just hope I hope that it's I I uh, part of me I guess feels like if, if if it got to some sort of ridiculous situation, like it feels like it would be like too it'd be too late. <laughs> like, like, w- 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 I mean, signal is nice. It exists. And it's great as a way to escape like iMessage or plain text or WhatsApp or whatever. But like, if something goes bad with all of your data, everything that you put on the cloud, and now it's all completely public, like, okay, now I'm going to run like next cloud, or you know, I'm I've, I've got some sort of cobble together alternative to cloud or I'll just keep stuff on a hard drive and hope I don't, you know, I hope I don't lose it or hope it doesn't break. You know, I'll just back up my files like old timey timey times. Like um, it feels like a crazy technological regression. Like we'd be like stepping back like 20 years tech wise.
1: If everything gets pwned. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like that's the conflict that we live with. I think you live with this conflict as well where like I want all the technology but at the same time I want no electricity in my house. Yeah. Right? That's the conflict. And I I 100% agree that like the average user can't back up their own fucking shit. I can't back up my own fucking shit. I like, guess it's fucking difficult. <laughs> like I I I mean I I spoke on my own podcast the other day like I I have three hard drives with passwords that I can't access those passwords. I, I, I can't access those hard drives. I tried to back up my data. I don't know what's on that fucking shit. So, I, so I, sorry. I, One day, maybe I'll be able to break into it, right? <laughs> but, um, I, you know, it used to be in the early 90s, you didn't have access to any of this shit. We got by. I did, I, I, I did pa- backups. I feel like I ran
0: tape backups for my dad's graphic design business. I that? had jazz, jazz drives, zip drives,
1: zip drives. Zip drives. Those are the future. That they were massive little, improvements in performance.
0: They were great, except they were, uh, what was it? The zip drives were really good. The, the jazz drives was like a bigger capacity, and those were like incredibly unreliable, and it was awful.
1: Um, I don't know jazz drives, but zip drives were revolutionary.
0: I, you know what I, I agree. I mean I like I, that's fun to think about like the cyberpunk. It, like like that the, the, the 10 or 20 years from now, you have this sort of weird mishmash of old tech and new tech. Like there's certain things that we have to resurrect from old tech because they were just way more secure you know, um, or they're like more EMP resistant or, or there's some weird, you know, radiation permeating the whole atmosphere now. And so we can't use certain wireless things, whatever weird sci-fi situation ends up. I like the idea of like the future might look like a blend of the past and the future, not just, not just take everything we have now and make it faster
1: the problem is is i want a world where people have more personal responsibility and they take more personal responsibility and they they enforce that personal sovereignty on the rest of the world and and that world is way less convenient and and we've been over the last 20 30 40 years basically going the exact opposite direction we're mm-hmm. like no one has any personal responsibility. Everyone has an excuse. It's never your fault. It's always the other guy's fault. And we basically need to slap the shit out of people in into this other direction. And there's no way that happens without pain. So I, I think I th- I think ultimately ultimately we end up in a situation where like people are gonna get hurt and They're going to learn from it and hopefully their descendants and themselves figure it out and we move towards a future again where we have more personal responsibility on our everyday lives. Well,
0: see, that's interesting. So I I totally agree that like one of the biggest ways to improve is to like tech literacy, basically, just like understanding of technology so that you can use the harder to use things that are more healthy for you in some sense. Um, But there is also this idea, you know, like there's the dream of I'm going to escape society and I'm going to go, you know, raise cattle for myself and my, you know, theoretical family. Um, And I'll, um, I'll just live off the land, you know. And like, there's obviously, there's a reason we have like specialization and civilization. Like the, the, why we're like, I would be so bad at that. And I would probably starve in like the second year if I make it that, that long. Um, and you know, I'm, maybe I'm smart enough and I could figure it out, but I'm going to have a much lower standard of living. Um, and we
1: don't need you to raise cattle, Paul.
0: That Nobody needs me. No, no one needs Paul raised cattle. Um, but, um, Like, I think there's a, for a lot of people, they would just rather, like, I find my brothers doing this where they're so scared of technology that they would rather just have flip phones if they could pull it off and not even have a computer in their house if they didn't need one for like emailing relatives or something like that. Like, and they don't want their kids to be on, 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 on devices. You know, they like hyper limit screen time and stuff like that. Um and so like I feel like they in some sense they're being wise because they're realizing dangers with this technology but they don't have the time or the inclination to like set up, you know, what what's that hyper secure linux tails or whatever, you know, like they don't, they yeah, don't tails have, os tails os they don't have the inclination to like set up some sort of like dumb machine to allow their k- kids to like explore technology without like, you know, getting you know, scammed by janitors online. But
1: <laughs> well, that's my problem, right? Like I sit in the middle, I sit in the middle where, where I relate to the flip phone, um, you know, tech neophytes and mm-hmm. the people that don't want to touch fucking technology. And the guy who wants to have the newest Apple watch on his wrist. And I don't know where I exist in, in, in that world. Um, and I, you know, I, I just I just I just don't think this shit is clean. Like I don't think it'll ever be clean. I I think it's naive to think that we end up in a situation where it is clean, where you just have a, like a natural evolution there. Like throughout history, we've had bloody ass fucking wars, and we've had depressions, and we've had horrible times. So it's gonna happen in the future, and ultimately humanity figures the fuck out, right? And I think the solution isn't a bunch of mega corporations controlling everything along with mega governments like in tandem together. Like that's not that's not where we end up. And I want to be on the right side of that history. And that's what I focus on.
0: Well, you do a great job focusing on that, Matt. And I really appreciate. um Yeah. I really appreciate you and the work you're doing. You got you got some videos on how to be a little more self-sovereign, especially with Bitcoin. Obviously, you're um, on Tales from the Crypt. You guys are always hammering on privacy and security and like I don't know. I lo- I love it. It's uh, some, but I guess sometimes I just think it's it's a heavy lift, and maybe I'm not. <laughs> It's a, I'm too much of a pod person to
1: lift. To did, to <laughs> dude, you're our people. I I agree. It's a heavy lift. We all agree it's a heavy lift. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking fight. Yeah, we're not. This is not. Uh, it's not gonna be easy. The 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 future is bright but it's going to be dark in the interim.
0: You've got medium term darkness.
1: <laughs> medium, medium term darkness. And your lights are going to automatically adjust based, <laughs> on, based on the AI.
0: <laughs> like Amazon goes to war with Google and now you're like, your lights turn red and like, we, we need like Alexa says, we need you citizen <laughs>
1: How bad would that be? Like whose side are you on on the Amazon Google war? I don't even know. Amazon Google war? I feel like
0: you've got a way better supply chain on Amazon. I feel like if you're ta- talking about, you know, that's a classic thing in war is you've got to
1: secure the supply line. It's like Bezos versus Sergi versus Tim Apple and they're just all going at each other and you're just like, I don't know. What am I going to do? Got to choose a side. That's the fucked up part. They're all on the same fucking team. They don't fucking give a shit. That's They're not true. competing with each other. Like Google is not competing against Apple. Amazon is not competing against either of them. They're all just winning.
0: They are winning so much. They're doing such there's a good no, job.
1: There, it does. It doesn't feel like there's competition. I don't feel like there's competition right now. No.
0: And that always bugged me when like Neil, I would complain about that on the verge cast because I always felt like his solution was some sort of government intervention, but which it is every time, but it's, he's not, he's not totally wrong. Like <laughs> there is, there is a bit of a lack in, in competition. Um,
1: well, we, no, the problem is, is that there is government intervention. They're just on the side of the corporations.
0: Right, and there's cooperation. and the thing. that's what they government. always
1: fail to realize.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I just, I still, I think it's still kind of an open question to me, if you didn't have this huge relationship between government and um, companies, would you still have, like, would we basically, would we be further behind with technology, but more free? Like, would we have these, you know, wild, crazy inventions, that you know from megacorps or would we maybe have like our small bespoke um cobbled together little freedom devices you know that we own but they're not as fancy as what we have
1: right now i mean i think would the you know the world we live in right now is the world we were gonna live in right now (laughs) and i don't try and uh work through the what ifs because this is the situation we're in right now. And I work, I work through the what could be in the future because that's what we can fucking change. And I want people to realize why it's important. And I, I think that the average person can make substantial changes on their own without getting overwhelmed. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just make little changes, you know, little things that you think about in your day-to-day life where you realize you know you're doing wrong. You know, you know, when you say to yourself, and hopefully you're on speakerphone right now and I'm going to trigger your speaker, Alexa, what is the weather today? That is wrong. You're asking your wiretap what the weather is today. Don't do that. Unplug that thing. Throw it out. Do the little things that improve your privacy today, improve your sovereignty today. Raise your children that way, and slowly and surely, we will win this war.
0: Well, that's a a beautiful message to end it on. I think we've it's been almost two hours. Um, this is this is really fun. Um, it's fun to talk about. I mean, we obviously got pretty philosophical there, but it's also fun to talk about. What's going on in the world? What's what's Tim Apple up to these days? What are they building? What are they making? What what's the last um, actual gadget you bought?
1: Uh, I mean, I have my four A here, my Google Pixel four A. I have my System seventy six Lemur Pro, which we're communicating with. Oh, beautiful. Um. I have my jabra i forget what what model is they they go all over the place my jabra earbuds sitting here i got my coin kite cold card see the cold card i got so a lot cool. of tech
0: i got i just got a set what, what's
1: of your most recent tech four usb cables there you go with is the the cold card usb cables the CoinKite
0: ones? Yeah, one yeah the many many usb I I used to have a mnemonic for remembering. It's like many is more many than micro.
1: I think that's a, that which is ridiculous, right? Like micro should be the smallest. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Very yeah. Very confusing.
0: So this is for plugging my cold card in. Also my um, which call it, a keyboard is mini USB. My my like music keyboard. Oh, that's what I got. I got a drum pad. I got a which what call it? what's the brand. Wait, let me look.
1: That's what I have: Jabra Elite Seventy Five T's, the uh, best, the best earbuds.
0: I like true wireless.
1: True wireless, yeah. I, but that's not what we're using for this. I I use wired for this. Huh.
0: I got a Personas Atom drum pad.
1: I've been working on some music. There you go.
0: Recently, not sponsors. Not sponsors. Just a couple guys love tech. <laughs> Talking about the the doom of the world. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Uh, to everybody who's listening, thanks for listening. Sorry that there aren't tons of episodes. Um, not gonna make any promises, but I, I do appreciate you, and I see you on Twitter. And uh, yeah, hit me up with uh, anything you'd like me to talk about.
1: I want. To see in the comments on Twitter what you think about this episode and uh, be critical, be harsh.
0: Okay. All right. You heard you heard Matt. And uh, follow Matt on Twitter. It's at Matt Odell. Don't follow me. Don't follow Matt. Why not?
1: You don't want... I, I, follow me. I'm, I'm at Matt under dash Odell. MattOdell.com is all my contact information and... And different resources if you want to go check that
0: out. Okay, com. Cool, dude. Uh, all right. Well, thank you and goodbye.